I will I will say uh, going into this movie, uh, for those of you who don't who are not familiar with my cat. Oh God, Boomer! She's not in here right now because the second I closed the door to start recording, she was like, "Oh no, I'm on the wrong side of the door," and so she had to go. Um, but she'll be back later. And I forgot somehow. I forgot what Goose the cat looks like. Goose the flirkin. The flirkin. <laughs> He looks exactly like my cat. I know. <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's actually what Eric said. It was like, oh, fuck, it's Boomer. I'm like, no, that's yes. Goose. Oh my God, he, Boomer does look like Goose. Yes. Stephanie has a fucking flurkin. She's in danger. I have a goddamn flurkin. I better play nice. Yeah, you better. I better be kind. Oh, she's going to be horking up infinity stones all over my house. That, yeah, and that can't be good. No, no, it's generally not good for you. Uh, the infinity stones don't come with a warning label, but they should. I feel like the FDA doesn't have enough, like, reach in the galaxy. I love that. (laughs) Thank you for helping my joke land. I appreciate it. Anyway. Oh, that was a joke. (laughs) Oh, 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 snap. Got, you picked a dumb bitch for a co-host. That is what so I do. you're so pretty. I know, so and that's pretty. the real reason why I'm your co-host. And, and you can put up with me. I really feel like those are your chief qualifications. <laughs> you can endure all of this. <laughs> this is why you're my co-host. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine, fine. Let's enter the show. I'm ready. Okay. Um. <clears throat> here we go. Okay. Not at all intimidated. By what we're doing today. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man. Yeah. What? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> is that how it's going to be today, Christopher? <laughs> Okay, I have a story for you right after this, but that was a uh, that was my uh, that no was my, no go that on. My... You know what? Clearly, you would like to do the intro today, so by all means, carry on. Intro the show, Christopher. I don't know how we, how your intro goes. No, but you know how it ends, don't you? With a a giant obnoxious slurp of vodka. Hi, everybody. I'm Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and um, I got nothing. Cool. How about, how about and, that? And now go introduce yourself. Carry on. Keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. And hey, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm the gay side of the whole podcast. And I'm also uh-huh. a fury sexual. <laughs> yeah. And Stephanie, I'm trusting you not to eat me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time he trusted anyone and he lost an eye. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So side note, y'all. Um, uh, I made a huge error last episode. I... Uh, opened a can of soda oh god yes you did and poor stephanie had to probably work an extra three four hours to get that noise out of the of the show mm-hmm. and then she came at me hard she came at me really hard so uh-huh. i decided to take the low road <laughs> that's what this is because i'm a You're petty getting... petty bitch 
are you getting revenge on me for being justifiably annoyed with you for ruining the audio quality of our last episode with your fucking soda? That's what this I'm more is? like making fun. I'm more like making fun of me. Oh, I, I okay. Like. But I'm also getting a row out of you so we can have a good episode. Because <laughs> I noticed like, also, when I piss you off. You're also making my job to edit this episode more difficult. Oh, oh my don't God. don't edit that out. That's the way it should go. Oh no, no, I won't. No. No, all of the evidence. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go to the I go to the hotel bar and I'm like, hey, I want vodka soda, and can Working I also get as a waitress at a hotel bar? <laughs> can I go to Can I get an unopened can of whatever soda, seltzer, whatever? Oh and the guy's oh like, I'm not allowed to do that. What do you mean you're not allowed to do that? I'm not allowed to give you a, a closed can. I have to open it here. Aww. Who, who said that? Uh, I imagine my California boss law. Yeah. And California, and probably California law. No, that I, I'm not allowed to do that, sir. I'm sorry. Fine, fine, whatever. So that was my compromise, Stephanie. Oh, okay. You yeah. were going to kind of crack open a soda. Do you not have a fridge? By the way, y'all, Chris is in a hotel right now. Right. Do you not have a fridge in there with an overpriced soda can? They don't have a mini bar. Can... <gasps> what kind of hotel are you in? A Hilton. I know, trash. Mm. <laughs> I haven't seen, you know what? I haven't seen a hotel with a minibar in a very long time. Maybe it's a COVID thing. Maybe, maybe. Because nobody does room service here either because of COVID. Right. Well, because, you know, there's a yeah. goddamn pandemic yeah. going on. If you want room service in a minibar at your hotel, you need to come to Texas because nobody gives a fuck about the pandemic here. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, y'all, the face that Stephanie just made, uh, if you would like to see that face, you can spend five bucks a month on our Patreon. I fucking hate it here. Okay, okay. Do we have anything? I feel, <laughs> yes. I feel so bad for you right now. You should! It's terrible and here. And yet I'm laughing about it. Okay, so what well, else are you gonna... Uh, we I... do have, uh, Heather, we have reviews. <gasps> Hot shit! Get yeah. to that, please. Uh, they're pretty short. Uh, Lady Trickster says that she Hello, loves... Lady Trickster. She loves us 3,000. I hope I hope you know how much you all helped keep my sanity intact during my last year of college. I had to drive two hours round trip for internships and you made my drive so much more tolerable and much Mm -hmm. more interesting. I hope you know how much I love your show and I hope I find a friend to be either my Chris, my Chris or Steph. Um, Maybe after this episode, you will just want a Steph. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, you know, evaluate the situation. (laughs) Gaze upon what exactly it is that one must put up with if one has a Chris and uh, see who the superior friend is. Yeah, I, I, I'll say it, Steph. I mean, hello. <laughs> uh, last one, uh, Chucks458 says Diva's Homecoming. I love that. Ooh. I found Dark Side Divas in fall 2021 when TikTok... Mm-hmm. When TikTok spent, when I spent weeks binging on TikTok, when the Divas nice. announced an MCU podcast, I was so excited. I made it everyone's problem. I was already <laughs> subscribed to this for the first episode, but as soon as I realized y'all put post credit scenes, I felt like I was at home. While I don't, <laughs> while I don't always share opinions with Steph and Chris, y'all engage in media and fandom the way, same way I do, and it makes me feel like this is one of the last spaces online that keeps actively, or I'm sorry, keeps active, keeps out the toxicity. Keep doing nice. what you're doing. Uh, you know. Uh, Chuck's four five eight. I don't think you should ever agree with us. We're pretty. We're pretty. I you know we don't. Here's the thing. We don't require anybody to agree with us. People can. Right. We can disagree. It is. I think 
It's become increasingly difficult because the internet killed nuance and civility. It's become increasingly difficult to disagree uh, respectfully with each other. Like, we, we, you really have to go out of your way to do it. So by all means, disagree with us. Totally disagree with us. Just don't be a dick about it. Uh, and, and we will not have to respond in kind. <laughs> There you go. Anyway, okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for the reviews. Those are really awesome, and I appreciate it. A whole bunch. We're really going to do this, aren't we? Are you ready to Captain Marvel it up? <laughs> okay, so what we're doing on this podcast, the ambitious goal that we set before ourselves on this podcast. What were we thinking? I don't know. <laughs> is that we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order as best we can determine what that order is given the state of things and multiverse multiverse uh which means that we started with captain america the first avenger and we went through agent carter and now today we find ourselves leaping forward from 1947 which is when agent carter was to 1995 and today we are talking about captain marvel there's no clever intro thingy for this so i guess we're just gonna uh but there is oh do you have something i wrote one yeah oh i figure we're just gonna keep i figure we're just gonna keep doing this shit forever uh you fucking overachiever get it all right it's the year 1995 wait Mm. 1995 where the hell have i been for 48 48 years (laughs) oh well today we meet star force (laughs) Today we meet Star Force member Veers, which also happens to be my sexual preference in my Scruff and Grinder accounts. The Kree, <laughs> Empire, the Kree Empire is fighting a war against the shape-changing C- scroll, and Veers doesn't remember her past. Is the Kree Empire the heroes of the galaxy, or the scroll as evil as the Kree believe? Do I want to adopt a cat after watching this movie? Keep listening for more. Excelsior! Excelsior! Um, so here's the thing, y'all. Those of us, those, those of us, those of you who have been listening to us, uh, up to this point, and if you've listened to us on Dark Side Divas, you know that we typically think we're not gonna go, like, shot for shot through the media that we're talking about, and then we fucking do that. But it's too goddamn much with this movie. So we're, what we're going to be doing is sort of changing up the format of the podcast a little bit. Right, Chris? You with me? Yep, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing okay, it. Okay. We're saying the words. We're, we're, we're pumping it up. <laughs> Chris does not believe me that we can pull this off. Uh, so I don't believe me. It's not we're you. We're not going to we're not gonna go shot for shot through the movie. Y'all have seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie. And it's then a goddamn come back great here. movie. It's so fucking good. It's just a couple hours out of your life, and it's a couple of really fun hours. Uh, so go watch it and come back here and listen to this. We're just going to talk about some cool behind-the-scenes shit, how things relate to the Marvel Comics universe, um, the cast, trivia, our favorite moments in the movie, stuff like that. We are not going to pick apart every single moment of this movie. We're going to try not to. We're going to try <laughs> our apart. best not to. Because y'all, uh, you, I, I, I'm sure you love it when we go scene by scene, but like that's gonna be a six hour podcast if we do it like that. And, and ain't no nobody way. got time for that. Ain't there's nobody got just, time for that. There's just only so many hours in the day, and like I got kids, you know. <laughs> I got five mouths to feed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you just go total recall? Fuck yeah! I just watched that movie on the way here, <laughs> on the way to the hotel. Oh, Benny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
So, um, all right. So I guess we, uh, can we start with how this story, this film relates to the Marvel Comics universe? Yeah, I actually kind of want to jump right into Captain Marvel, the Scroll, and the Kree Empire. All right. Get uh, it. So Captain Marvel, the, the name Captain Marvel or Captain mm. Marvel, because the original Captain Marvel was Walter Lawson. Okay. Uh, 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 okay. Oh, okay. No, I got you. I yeah, got you. yeah. Uh, they they first made their appearance in Marvel Superheroes number twelve, December nineteen sixty seven. It was created oh, by wow. created by Stanley and some guy named Gene Colan. Though Gene Colan later said that he had nothing to do with this. He was ashamed of the comic. Oh, oh okay. Shade. Um, but, Shady. But yeah, Captain Marvel was a male. Um, which mm. I'm sure gives so much comfort to all the toxic males who hated this movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, we, we upgraded him. Oh, we did. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the this this version of Captain Marvel didn't do very well. Uh, they mm. tried including him in a bunch of different shit with the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, especially as it as it relates to uh, some of the like mid seventies uh, weird stuff they did with Adam Warlock. But ultimately mm-hmm. this is not our Captain Marvel. This dude is no. a totally different character and it's like, whatever Carol Dar- Danvers on the other hand was kind of her own thing at first. She made her official debut as Carol Danvers. Just that was her name mm-hmm. Mar- uh, in Marvel superheroes. Number 13 in March, 1968. She was later renamed Miss Marvel January eighth, nineteen seventy seven, and she became like different characters. Like a char- she became binary, warbird, and then eventually the Captain Captain Marvel we know today in July twenty twelve. She has oh, wow. had a lot of metamorphoses. Um, yes, but essentially her uh, she is a cosmic powered person. Uh, mm-hmm. She uh, her background her backstory is very similar to the movie. She was an officer in the United States Air Force. Uh, nice. She was a security chief. She met Walter Lawson. Yes, the original mm. Captain Marvel. Mm. And uh, they went on some adventures together. Unfortunately, they banged. And I oh. say unfortunately because Captain Marvel is a fucking pig. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the male the, version. The OG. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, she eventually is able to... Uh, uh, she was able to kind of depart uh, in the ni- 1990s. She was in several very unfortunate storylines that I'm not going to talk about because uh, it's very graphic and awful. And I can't believe yeah, Marvel no did that am. shit. But anyway, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we're not going to go there. But if you want to look it up yourself, be my guest. Uh, look, but <clears throat> did you uh, happen to? I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, did you happen to get into any of the legal squabbles between DC and Marvel over the name Captain Marvel? That uh, is an episode in and of itself. <laughs> At some point, we really should like sit down and just like real housewives this shit and talk out all of the times that DC and Marvel have had to fight over names because yes, they both had characters named Captain Marvel. Hell, they both had characters, female characters with the last name Danvers because Kara Danvers is Supergirl. Like right. what the fuck are y'all doing? Like it, it was like a constant arms race between these two comic book properties. We we'll talk about it someday, but I imagine there are actual comic book podcasts that are more educated about this that have talked about it. Yeah, I, and I'm sure they're boring. Anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I laugh so because it's true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's. Uh, uh, so the scrolls and the Cree, the Cree yes. Empire, the Cree Empire, also a very complicated backstory. They made they first made their appearance in the Fantastic Four number sixty five in nineteen sixty seven. Mm. Uh, they are a it's an empire of military and super science. 
Um, though with some weird kind of Klingon religion shit going on, uh, mm-hmm. they were basically introduced to do the full Kree scroll storyline where uh, the Fantastic Four and eventually the Avengers go to space and they do space Ooh. shit. And it's uh, very cool. Uh, Miss Marvel, of course, does appear in this storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was one of her first times. But the Kree aren't that in, in the movie aren't that different than the comic book. They're militaristic. They think that they're right. They, right. uh, if you do not bend the knee to them, uh, you know, they're, they're assuming you're an enemy and they're going to kill your ass. Now, mm-hmm. what's different though, is that the scroll are typically, uh, depicted as villains and they were the right. ones that actually showed up to the Cree homeworld. There was actually a, a different empire on the Cree homeworld of a different, of a different race, a sentient race. And they made the Cree and this other race fight each other out, and the dominant race that lived was going to be allowed to serve the scrolls. Oh, so then I wonder why we have a total not like we have a villain fake out with the scrolls in this one. Is, was that ever a plot in the comics where the scrolls were not actually bad? Unfortunately, most of the scrolls were really bad. <laughs> I gotta fact, say, I prefer this. I prefer this. I do too. This is nuanced, uh, yeah. th- the scrolls are uh, deviants of of uh, Eternals. Uh, they are actually descendants of celestial beings. Huh. Um, there were uh, there used to be multiple versions of scrolls, uh, three different kinds specifically. Uh, and by the way, they made their first appearance around the same time as the Kree. Uh, same comic book, I believe. Too. Let me double check. Yes. Uh, so yeah, in the in the late sixties, they also made their appearance because they were tied mm-hmm. to the same storyline. Uh, the scroll are almost exact, uh, are almost identical uh, in the movie in terms of like their powers, uh, mm-hmm. except that they're not evil in the movie. Uh, and I thought that that was an interesting twist. Talos, yeah. General Talos, or whatever his name Talos. is, Talos. Talos. Um, Talos. Uh, he Talos. in the comic books is known as Talos the Untamed. He's one of the in the comic Ooh. books. He's one of the few scrolls who cannot ship, shapeshift. However, huh. he is strong as fuck. He actually gets into a fist fight with the Hulk. Interesting. And lives to tell the tale. So he, huh. ma- he right. makes he makes his appearance in Incredible Hulk Volume Four that came out in 1994. He's a minor uh, a minor scroll character by comparison to other scrolls. Like probably the most famous one is Super Scroll because he can change. He can not only not only can he shapeshift, he acquired all of the Fantastic Four's powers, and oh, it's wow. a whole thing. Uh, yeah, so that's anyway. A yeah, the scroll are generally depicted as the villains in the in the Marvel universe, especially in the comic books. So mm. having them show up um, as basically the sympathetic heroes or just victims, really, of a, mm. of a horrible war is a really interesting take. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it too. I really, I, I, I really loved the refugee twist that we got in this movie. It's fucking awesome. And 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 Stephanie did all the toxic uh, men uh, love that twist too? Were they just here for it? They no, you don't understand. The the men in the uh, the Marvel MCU fandom embraced this movie with open arms oh, from sure. from the get go. Before it was even released, they were flooding Rotten Tomatoes with reviews about how much they fucking hated it. They review bombed the shit out of this movie before they even saw it. Before it was even released, they were all over it because Brie Larson had made like some public statements about how maybe it would be a good thing to have more women and. Uh, and diversity and people with disabilities and stuff like that in the production of films and the writing of films and the reviewing of films, like maybe fewer old white men could yeah. be involved in that process and just a little more diversity and voices in that. Apparently that meant that her movie, this movie had like this huge agenda, this feminist agenda. And so all the fanboys trotted their little Cheeto dusty fingers over to Rotten Tomatoes 
and <laughs> review bombed the shit out of the movie that hadn't even been released yet, forcing Rotten Tomatoes to change their policy, where they no longer allow you to review content that hasn't been released to the public yet. Wow. Yeah. You so know good what job, Tomatoes guys. Should also do? They should fuck fan scores completely. They should fuck off. They should just fuck off. You know, I, uh, uh, I have to tell a quick story. Um, Dude. There was a a person that a really good friend of mine when I lived in Texas uh, tried to be really good friends with. I still don't understand why. Probably for clout. And she and she uh, this person that she was he was trying to be friends with. She was a, a movie film critic. She actually mm. had some. She was actually uh, I think she wrote for the San Francisco Chronicle. Like she wasn't like some minor person. And boy, was she a dumb dumb jerk like she was just rude she was obnoxious she went to film school and she was told she couldn't cut it so she made a she became a film critic and it ain't that i feel the like fucking... that's i feel like that's the arc for most film critics i agree and that uh, her interacting with her was terrible then she invites nice. me to this party where there are other film review people from like small blog sites to like bigger websites to newspapers and i don't like to generalize that often but none of these people were happy none of them well because and, and yeah, I mean that makes sense. I wasn't there, but I believe you. Um, because when you're when your whole day, your whole job is just talking about how much you hate things, then that's going to permeate everything that you do. That's just going to bring your whole goddamn psyche down. And like, why do you want to live like that? Why not just be honest about how you feel about this stuff? I, I know, I know. We've talked about this uh, a lot um, on the Star Wars podcast on Dark Side Divas about, you know, the the YouTube creators and the content creators out there and people on Twitter who know that negativity creates cash. Correct. And that if they just say shit that gets people riled up and that they don't even have to sincerely believe it. If they just talk shit, then that'll get their videos views, which makes money for them. So yep. they're cranking out negativity to rake in money. And a lot of film reviewers are like that. And yeah, I can see how that would make that for make for a room full of fucking sourpuss bitches. Uh, so there's one more character I want to talk about because he okay. he appears at the very beginning of the movie too. Uh, Jan Rog. Now, Jan before, Rog. Now, before I talk about Jan Rog, let me tell you about why I'm not going to refer to him as Jan Rog for the rest of the the episode. Is it uh, okay? Good. The first time I saw Captain Marvel, I was seeing it with a friend of mine who needed to have the special closed caption thing turned on. So we had to see mm-hmm. a certain showing, and they had captions turned on, and I, that's when I fell in love with closed captioning because there was. I, that's the mm-hmm. first time I realized, holy shit, there's dialogue I'm actually missing because uh, my brain. Uh, right. They misspelled Jan Rog. His <gasps> no. name in the movie was Yogurt. What? <laughs> Well, at least they don't say his name until, like, act three of the movie. Right? So, at least he was Jude Law for you up until then. Uh, (laughs) And then he was Yogurt. And then he was Yogurt, and my whole fucking life was ruined. So, anyway. (laughs) So, Yogurt first appeared in Marvel Superheroes number 12, December 1967. (laughs) He is... He is a Kree... He does have super strength, agility, and stamina. He's considered a moderate Kree, but he still likes to fucking kill people. Uh, oh. He, he uh, befriended uh, one of his favorite contacts was Ronan the Accuser. Hmm. Mm. And uh, uh, he uh, eventually had a whole thing with Marvel. Didn't work out. 
Uh, Marvel is in the crossfire between the scrolls and the Kree and tries to deal with the situation. Doesn't really work out as the way Marvel wanted. And right. and Marvel got, gets captured. Yogurt is like, "Hey, Ronan, can you pass judgment on Marvel?" And that's the fir- I think mm. that leads to Marvel almost dying. Oh well, goddamn. Yeah. So uh, they broke up, and he was like, "Can you go kill my ex?" Well, this is the male the male Captain Marvel. Right. So they broke up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you see the if if y'all Google Captain Marvel and look at the the first version, uh, tell me that's not gay. <laughs> just tell me tell me sincerely tell me that's not gay the only way he would not be gay is if his hair were longer and he was on one of those romance novels that stephanie likes to write a read <laughs> <laughs> i do love to read romance novels she does <laughs> i remember one time uh we were living uh, when we were living oh, together God. uh she was like I was on a big fantasy kick reading Discworld, and Stephanie was like, "Oh my God, Chris, you need to read." Uh, uh, I forgot her her name, the author's name. You need to read these books; they're about fairies. And I'm like, "Oh, fairies. Okay, cool. I like fairies." So I reading, I'm reading them, and it's like fairies just having sex with each other the whole fucking time. I couldn't tell you. Oh no, that was uh fucking Laurel K. Hamilton. Laurel K. Hamilton. That's it. Yeah, that was when she moved away from plot and was essentially just writing porn. And I was like, Stephanie, is there like politics or intrigue or anything other than sex? I'm not sad about the sex part, but like, we you got have the to internet. flip forward pages until you see quotation marks. Sometimes it takes a while, and then you will get plot again. Anyway, so I yeah. that that that's funny. Anyway, so yeah, that that's a uh, that's the backstory of yogurt. Oh, yogurt! All right, do you have anything else on the uh, relationship between this movie and the comics universe? Uh, I have a few more things. So, uh, just a heads up, y'all. I'm not going to talk about Nick Fury until we get to the Avengers movie. I'm also not going to talk about Ronan until we get to Guardians of the Galaxy. There's, right, uh, yeah. I started getting into that. It was way too much shit. I do want to do much. a quick uh, shout out to uh, two other characters that are Kree, Atlas mm-hmm. and Minerva. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are both actual comic book characters, too. They are actually very close to the comic book versions, except that Minerva has more of a murder side. Like She just likes to murder people for fun. I got the murder vibe off of her in this movie, though. Yeah, like, she yeah. was just waiting for somebody to please let her fucking kill Carol. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Atlas is like bigger and thicker. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. And both of them premiered in 1967, along with the rest of the Kree Empire. Nice. So they, they're nice. old school characters. Um, you would not be aware of this, so I will tell you now. There was a whole ass Kree story arc in Agents of Shield. Really. Oh, yeah, where uh, a calamity of some sort had impacted planet Earth, and there were very few humans left, and so the Kree showed up and scooped them all up and made them live in, like, internment camps and be their slaves. Yeah. Yay! Yay! So heartwarming. Aren't the Kree wonderful? Okay. No! No, they're awful. (laughs) They are terrible. They're awful. (laughs) All right, so um, let's talk about the behind the scenes. Like, part of the reason... there, there There are so many points while watching this movie... Where I'm like, yeah, a woman wrote this. <laughs> this was this was written this was written and directed. There's women were involved in production, and you can fucking tell. There are little little visual things like the fact that you don't see anybody's cleavage ever. Right. So there's that. Um, but also there are, are particular themes that I'll be curious because we'll talk about favorite scenes and stuff. I'll be curious to see if you picked up on the same stuff I picked up on, because okay. there's a lot of there's a lot of just woman shit. 
that's in this movie, which again made it very popular with the men in the Marvel. Oh, I, I, I'm, they they <laughs> they lined up to see the movie over and over again. I'm sure. Oh yeah, totally. No, I, yeah. that was me. That was me lining up over and over again to see this movie in theaters. Um, but this this movie was directed by a team uh, of Ryan Fleck, who is mm-hmm. the only the only man in the directing and writing team for this movie. Ryan Fleck uh, and Anna Bowden. So they are a collaborative directing team. They directed episodes of The Affair, Billions. And in looking up their resumes, I discovered there is a fantastic miniseries that I need to watch because uh, it, it looks super feminist uh, called Mrs. America. Hmm. And it's starring Kate Blanchett, Rose Byrne, uh, Uzo Aduba. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and like Rose Byrne is playing Gloria Steinem. Okay. So, <gasps> yeah. I, I, it's about, you know what? I've seen, tra- I've seen trailers for this for a long time ago. I need to see it. And it's, di- I, I so wanna... it's directed, it's directed by the people written and directed by the people who wrote and directed this movie. Yeah. Because also Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck were two of the writers for this film. Wow. Cool. I know. The other three writers for this film were also all women. Uh, we have Geneva Robertson Dwarit, uh, who wrote for the 2018 Tomb Raider movie and also Gotham City Sirens. Wow. Uh, Nicole Perlman, who wrote the first draft of Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. And, and also wrote for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I love that movie. Have you seen that I movie? I fucking love that movie. Me too. It's, it's so good. I didn't expect to like it, but here we are. But it's, it's the irresistible charm of what's this fuck? Deadpool. He's got a real name. Ryan Reynolds. There it is. Uh, anyway, the third writer for this, uh, fourth, fifth, fifth writer for this movie is Meg LaFauve. Uh, she wrote for The Good Dinosaur and Inside Out. <gasps> if you want to talk about somebody who's in touch with feminine emotion. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Inside Out always destroys me. Oh my God. I cannot. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. No. Yeah. Um, also, the music for this movie, which is amazing there's cinematic like orchestral score but also just wall-to-wall 90s pop music i fucking love it the the soundtrack for this movie is just oh it's so good the soundtrack for this movie was the soundtrack to my last year of school in california right we had uh elastica garbage whole Uh, nirvana i too am only happy when it rains yeah right oh my god so I just, oh, but we will get to it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but all of that music was scored by Pinar Toprak, uh, who is the first woman ever to score an MCU film. What? That's awesome. I know. But- yeah. And to put this in perspective, this is the second MCU feature film we're talking about on this podcast. This is the 21st MCU film. Yeah. That was made and released. And this is the first woman to score an MCU film. So... <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. But look, like this is a conversation that comes up all the time with uh, the Star Wars branch of our fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, they always complain about how Marvel feels so much farther ahead than Star Wars. Right. And I always tell them, but Marvel has a lot more content than, than so Star Wars. So much more source material. So, so technically, much more. yeah, like in literal time standard, as timeline, you're right. But like, like it took... If you just go by how much content was released by a percentage point, Star Wars technically is now beating the MCU because now we have all uh, 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 more women uh, directing mm-hmm. shows. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, I've heard rumor that Tika Waikiki is 
recruiting Ta- like so, Taika Waititi. I always I always mispronounce his name. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm it's sorry. a it's it's hard for me to read, uh, and I don't have dyslexia, so I'm, yeah. I'm helping you out here. I'm not judging you. I I'm helping it. you out. Okay. Appreciate it. I know you are. Um, you have no power over me. Power over me. Um, but like, but like, yeah, Star Wars, like Star Wars just did uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. They just had their first female composer. So mm-hmm. uh, other yeah. than the John Williams score. So yeah, anyway, uh, but MC, look, I mean, look what it, where MCU is now. Fucking Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, the first Muslim uh, superhero, which right. by the way, I love that fucking show. I haven't uh, had a chance to watch it yet. I cannot fucking wait. I, I want to sit down fucking, with my. No, I need to sit my kids down. We're watching that shit. That is it. Yeah, yeah. That I I agree with you. That is a show you need to sit down and watch, make your kids watch with you because mm-hmm. it is a kids show. It is fucking wonderful. Right. It sh- it looks goddamn delightful. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's talk about this cast, shall we? Let's do it. Oh my god. So of course we have our lead, uh, Veers Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson. Brie Larson was not was not was she was an underdog to to play this role. She was right. not first choice at all. They went through a lot of a lot of women. Ronda Rousey campaigned really hard I was, to get this I, role. Can I you was, fucking imagine? I, I was cheering for her too back then. What? Well, Have you seen her try to speak on a camera? So this was before she was in WWE. She had a she had a bit part in Law and Order, and she uh-huh. did really really fucking well. Okay. So I was That's like, odd because I saw her in Fast and Furious, and she was like a muscly mannequin. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad she. Now, look, hindsight 2020. I'm glad Brie Larson got it. Right, because I fucking love her in this role. Absolutely. I, I think she because this this character could have easily been obnoxious, um, and I feel easily. like she is. I feel like she is just obnoxious enough. Because, but not because she's personally offensive or or condescending or hateful to anyone, Tony Stark, but because uh, <laughs> because she's just so goddamn extroverted and driven and Type A and gonna do the thing and ambitious and stubborn, like all of those things together, cranked up to eleven, make for somebody who's just exhausting to be around. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 Brie Larson has done that type of role before. That her character in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> right. She yeah. was for she was for real obnoxious in that movie, and I loved her. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and that's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. So. And what I love about her portrayal of this character is that is just the relaxed confidence that she has, and she's funny. She's so funny. It was deeply disturbing. Why? Because I stared into the face of my mortal enemy and the face staring back was my own. Maybe if you were more attractive, then it would be less disturbing. She's fucking hilarious. She smirks and smiles and swaggers her way through this movie. And I fucking love it. Um, So much of the criticism from mostly men in the fandom about her in this is that she was like joyless and never smiled. And I'm like, you just weren't looking at the screen, were you? Yeah, yeah, I... I there, there was some fun, the funniest shit in any MC, MCU movie in this movie, and, it, yeah. and she, she was a big component of that. That's insane. Well, and the "you should smile more" criticism, which, by the way, is a gag that happens in the, in the movie, movie because women get told to smile all the time because uh. obviously we're supposed to be presenting uh, a pretty and pleasant face for the men around us to gaze upon. Um, Didn't that you know? the the uh, job. I mean, my bad. Um, but that criticism of her performance became so prevalent that Brie Larson professional troll that she is uh sent out a tweet that had where she had photoshopped all of the male-led marvel movie posters and slapped big shit-eating grins on all of them 
like took their super serious faces and made them smiling. And it was really great. She's literally one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She's a delight. Mm -hmm. And also, have you seen her? She's been posing lately and like, oh, I've been training. And it's like abs, 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 abs. She's she uh, the thickening is is there. Like she is. I'm curious how much she can bench press because she is becoming that chick. She is stout. I love it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Brie Larson prior to this was in Scott Pilgrim Pilgrim versus the world. Um, She's also in Don John Kong Mm -hmm. Skull Island. My favorite Kong. Absolutely. um, And 36 episodes of the United States of Terra. So <gasps> that's right. Yep. <laughs> that is a great show. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, I have seen parts of it because I love her so much. I can't remember her name. The lead actor. Actress oh, in that shit. One. Yeah. Uh, she was also in Hereditary. And, right. uh, and a bunch of, hmm, God damn She's it. She's like I'm one of the best on actresses of all time. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. Now I have to Google it. Yep. Tony Collette. There. I didn't God. even pull up the search. Tony yeah. Collette. That's who it is. Fucking hereditary still haunts me. I can't. I'm going to close that window now because it had pictures from the movie on it. No, 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 no. Anyway, Brie Larson, to, she came out of nowhere for me for this movie. I was like, who the fuck is this? I love her. Uh, but she's been a director, producer, cinematographer, actor since 1998. Doesn't surprise me. Like she's me. been doing this for a hot minute. Yeah. She's been doing this since she was a little kid. So, I love her. Anyway. I love her. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a goddamn eternal delight. <laughs> Those bad guys still in there somewhere. Ow! Motherfucking! Uh, are we, we're talking about Nick Fury now? We're talking. We're going to talk a little bit about Nick Fury. We'll get into the character of Nick Fury in more detail, but we have to address the de-aging. I didn't mind it that much. I loved it. Yeah. So, yes, Agent Nicholas Joseph Fury, uh, as we learn over the course of this film, played by Samuel L. Jackson. I'm not going to get into his resume. You know who this fucking is. Samuel L. Jackson has 201 acting credits as of Good today. fucking God. He's prolific. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and one of my favorite actors of all time, period. I fucking love him. If he's mm-hmm. in it, I'm watching it. At- I've watched some shitty movies for Samuel L. Jackson. Snakes on the motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> he's so infinitely quotable. His charisma is insane. I love Samuel L. Jackson. I fell in love with him with Pulp Fiction. I was 15 when that movie came out. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Say what again? <laughs> I, that, Pulp Fiction is literally a movie I can quote from beginning to end Endlessly, endlessly. absolutely endlessly yeah. Does Marcellus Wallace look like a bitch? Like a bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you trying to fuck him in the ass like a bitch? Anyway, um, so the thing is is uh, uh, this movie is set in 1995 and right. it's not being filmed in 1995 No, but many films that featured Samuel L. Jackson were filmed in the 90s. Now, specifically, Pulp Fiction was actually filmed in 1995. They could have used footage of him from that as their reference for the de-aging, but there was too much look in that. (laughs) They needed a clean-shaven thing. So um, I saw an interview with the Marvel visual effects supervisor, Janelle Crosshaw-Rala, which, by the way, again, a woman, uh, awesome. Who says they de-aged him 25 years. Their main references were Die Hard with a Vengeance. I was going to say, but it's probably Die Hard. Speaking of bad movies I've watched for the sake of Samuel L. I love that fucking movie. I, I don't care. I don't care. I love that movie. The, the Negotiator. Ooh. Uh-huh. 
Sphere. You remember Sphere? Oh my god. I fucking loved that book. The movie hurt my soul. Uh, and episode one, The Phantom Menace. Those were all the references uh, <laughs> that they used to de-age him. And here's the thing. I saw uh, in a lot of these articles that I did for the research for this, I saw side-by-side shots of Samuel L. Jackson on set and the de-aged in the film shot uh-huh. hardly any fucking difference that's the that's the thing if he if he shaves his facial hair and his head and everything completely yeah. clean his he, jaw is a little thicker his yeah. eyes are have a few more like lines but that's it i and he has more hair at the risk of sounding younger. at the risk of sounding racist black don't crack it's just it's that's just the way it is it's just an observable phenomenon uh, the man is aging beautifully. <laughs> Fury is not the only character to be de-aged in this film. Nope. Uh, Phil Coulson is also de-aged because he appears as a rookie. God bless you, yeah. Clark Gregg. They de-aged. Uh, both of these men were de-aged and given um, some hair. Uh, yeah. But Coulson, Coulson only had 50 shots in this movie that needed to be de-aged. Fury had 500 shots. Yeah, because Fury is basically from act two on the, in the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. He's in the whole goddamn movie. Um, they were very, very careful with the de-aging to avoid the uncanny valley effect with him. Yeah. Because we know, we know Samuel L. Jackson's face so well, they could very easily make him weird make Mm -hmm. him jarring they did such a good job of of not going uncanny valley and still maintaining the integrity of his performance i fucking loved it It, yeah it was seamless to me goddamn brilliant uh so that's that (laughs) oh we can talk about talos real quick sure and how talos is fucking hot talos is my favorite well my one of my two favorite characters in the movie He's the breakout hottie of this movie. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Like he, he was, he was, yeah. huh. So let me tell you about Ben Mendelsohn. Okay. Mm, mm. Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Talos in the U.S., in American Hollywood for American audiences, Ben Mendelsohn is usually a villain. Yep. You know, he's like in Dark Knight Rises, he was Daggett. In Rogue One, he's director Orson Krennic. You know, he's he's usually sort of a weaselly, um, awful little villain type. Yep. Because that's that's what when Americans see somebody his size with his facial features, he's not a big guy. He's not uh, he's not classically handsome. He's not a Chris Evans, right? Right. So he's he reads as villain to American audiences. By the way, though, he's Australian. Yep. He was born in Melbourne, and he has been a leading man actor in Australia since the 80s. That doesn't surprise me. That's why he brings big dick leading man energy to the role of Talos, and that's also his natural accent. So when he's speaking as Talos, that's his voice. That's, that's Ben Mendelsohn's real voice. Mm-hmm. You know, you really should be kinder to your neighbors. You never know when you're going to need to borrow some sugar. It it does things to my knees. It makes them weak. <laughs> Just wop, wop, wop. Fucking, fucking <laughs> love it. Fucking love it. <laughs> Ten hundred million times more attractive to me than Jude Law in this movie. Okay. That's, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I was about to do a what, but never mind. I agree. He is the, he is hot. However, can we talk about Jude Law now? Yeah, we can talk about Jude Law. Uh, so Jude Law plays yogurt. <laughs> or Yon-Rog, for those of us who didn't have close captions. Or following. <laughs> Look, um, since components of this movie make some 90s jokes, let me tell you all a story about dial-up internet. 
Okay. First of all, if you want like pictures of celebrities that are shirtless or porn, their video not an option, not an option at all. It's just going to be pictures. And if you want to download a picture, <laughs> and Steph remembers this, it's going to take thirty to forty-five minutes per picture. Not oh yeah, not a web page with all these pictures on it. One picture. Mm-hmm. So if you really want like hot pictures of celebrity guys. They're going to have to be something that's, like, fucking worth it. Because you're going to be sitting at that computer for hours just to get, like, a decent collection of images. So Were my... you hunting for screenshots from Talented Mr. Ripley? Uh, before that. Because Jude Law... Oh, wow. Yeah. Because uh, I am I am a gay boy in high school, and uh-huh. there weren't that many gay characters. Jude Law was in a movie about... Uh, what's that, that weird guy, author, person? Dorian Gray? Uh... uh sure what's his story is a is a character in a by the writer of who's the writer baby this is your story i did not research oh, I this i forgot well no this is memory this ain't re- research oh, good luck. please give me a break uh picture during gray written by oscar wilde yeah so the oh, movie yeah. the movie wild jude, jude law was his one of his lovers and that's uh-huh. when i saw him for the first time and yes i spent hours at my desk one day downloading nothing but jude law pictures he is my one of my he's original beautiful. crushes. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. He's actually uh, hilarious. Like I always watch him in interviews, and he's fucking funny as shit. Um, mm-hmm. And he's such a great actor. And seeing him in the MCU warms my heart. I wish he were playing a different character because I don't think he's ever going to show back up again. <laughs> no, no, we're probably never going to see Yon-Rog again. We're never seeing um, Yogurt again. No, so, no. unless he he appears in uh, the Marvels because that's the thing that's in post production right now, right? Uh, maybe, but I doubt it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, Jude Law does a really good patriarchy enforcing asshole. Yeah, yeah. that's his. That's what he. That's one of the things he does. No, he he's a great actor. He just done other roles. Like I mean, he played a gay character back in the times when, if you played gay, that was the end of your career. Right. Exactly. No, he's always been so goddamn secure in himself that he didn't care. Like he he was going to tell the story and he was going to embody the character. I I I like Jude Law. I hate Yon Rog. Oh, I hate yogurt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but there are other Cree. Sort of the Cree squad. I do not want to get into everybody. I uh, just honorable mention to Korath, played by Jaiman Hansu. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about him to Guardians, but I love him. Right. I love Korath. Uh, we will see him again, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Minerva. Uh, if you run it together, it's Minerva, but it's M I N N hyphen E R V A. Yeah, Min- but it's Minerva. They, and in the in the movie, they call it. He called uh, yogurt calls her Minerva. Minerva so right. <laughs> uh, played by Gemma Chan. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may know her from Crazy Rich Asians or also The Eternals, where she is not Minerva. <laughs> uh, it's a little – she's one of the few the few actors to portray two different, very different characters in the same universe. So good for her. Uh... Yeah. She's Cersei in, in Eternals. Yeah. 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 It's true. That's right. You're right. And there is one more Cree character that we need to talk about. Okay. Dr. Lawson, mm. also appearing as the Supreme Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And now, okay, so this movie is full of 90s references. Um, the uh, the Stanley cameo is in itself a 90s reference. Right. Because Stanley is, he, he's seen, his cameo is on the train where he's reading a Mallrat script. Which I love. 
Because he's going to be in Mallrats. <laughs> right. Play, as a cameo, as himself in Mallrats. Yeah. So like, uh, um, so that there's that 90s reference, which also that cameo came uh, after because this is this movie was still being edited when Stan Lee passed. Yeah. So the, this cameo was this was his first and only, I think, posthumous um cameo and so that's what the whole intro into the movie was that did you want to talk about that separately about like the the tribute to stan lee and stuff yeah i mean i did i kind of did like um okay with the cameo uh, which by the way you know stan lee cameo counter um yes exactly the whole the whole marvel title at the beginning of the movie is just you turn that counter on and let's keep it running until the title's over because it's all it's a it's a full collection of every stan lee cameo in all the mcu movies which i've loved and it's then so heartwarming. they dedicated this movie to him. Mm-hmm. So I love it. And and side note, when they dedicated the Stan Lee uh, tribute in California Adventure Disney, mm-hmm. they played mm-hmm. the Captain Marvel theme song. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so '90s references. We've got the Stan Lee cameo with the Mallrat script. We've got she came crashing in through the roof of a blockbuster video. Oh my god. Um, yeah, uh, we're talking about she's she looks like she's dressed for laser tag, you know, like it's Fury has a pager. That's his shield tech bullshit communication device is a fucking two way pager. Uh, shit like that. The, <laughs> but, the, but but wait, Stephanie, a two way pager. That's not technologically advanced. Actually, in 1995, that shit's technologically was. so yeah. advanced. Yeah. Super fucking advanced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, uh, Veers is wearing a nine inch nail shirt for, for half of this movie. Shit like that. Like 90s references. The, The, uh, we all did. It was a bootleg too. That was not official nine inch nails merch. <laughs> we fucking know Oops. this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell because the, the square around the NIN is, is supposed to be on official nine inch nails merch. It's the same thickness as the letters. If the square around it is thinner than it's bootleg merch. I want to fuck you like an animal. <laughs> I often elicit that response from people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the most like it's all very meta and self-referency and tongue in cheek. Like the soundtrack is full of 90s music. It's goddamn awesome. But quite possibly the most brilliant 90s meta reference they made in this movie was casting a net Benning to play Dr. Lawson. I agree. It's cute how hard you try. Oh, my God, Annette Benning! You don't understand the impact Annette Benning had on my childhood in the 90s. Wow. So let me tell to you a thing. Um, so Annette Benning, uh, goddamn gorgeous, right? And she had been acting since the 80s, sure. Uh, but when she hit the 90s, in her 30s, which is unheard of for Hollywood, in her 30s, she became the bombshell it girl for dramatic film in Hollywood. Yep. Period. She was it. She made 13 movies in the 90s. That's that's more than one movie a year. Yep. That's an awful fucking lot. And she's still working to this day. It's not like they pulled her out of retirement and dusted mothballs off of her to get her to do this movie. She is a brilliant working actor and always has been. But the 90s was her like, boom, 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 constant movies like Postcards from the Edge, Regarding Henry, The American President, Mars Attacks, American Beauty. (laughs) Mars Attacks. (laughs) But her biggest breakout role and the reason she ever showed up on my radar was Bugsy. Yep. You remember Bugsy? I do remember that movie. Uh, it's a movie about, you know, Bugsy Siegel, the guy who invented Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, played by Warren Beatty. 
And Warren Beatty and Annette Benning met on the set of Bugsy. And it was gossip rag, a scandalicious everybody and their mom. My mom was obsessed with the relationship between Warren Beatty and Annette Benning because gasp, there was a 20 year age gap between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so like, <gasps> he, it was, it was totally played up. Like he was like this huge cradle robber, like le gasp, le sai, how could he? She was 30. Yeah. You can't rob the cradle. When they're thirty, and that's fucking, a grown ass woman. And fucking Warren Beatty, I don't. I'm. Mm, mm, mm. That's a that's a good looking man. That's a good looking um, man. Here's the thing: they met on that set. They got married. They are still married to this day. Uh, it, it's funny that you were talking about this because I just remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who does movie film stuff, mm-hmm. and. You know the the let the story goes. You get married. Uh, you get married one week and divorce six weeks later in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to have a power couple like that still together is legendary, right? Absolutely. And they are they are still to this day like one of the it couples in in this area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And like they're the strangely enough still twenty years apart. So she's in her sixties, uh, sixty one at the time of filming Captain Marvel. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. Just, my God. Uh, so I fucking love Annette Benning, and she killed this role. Oh, my God, she was perfect. As both as Dr. Larson, uh, Dr. Lawson, excuse me, uh, with the, with the, like, the gentle humor and the, and the, the desire to save lives and such, but also with the menace of the supreme intelligence. Oh, yeah. The absolutely. menace and the manipulation. Oh, mm-hmm. she pulled it all off. It's fucking beautiful. Love it. Love her. So, yeah, the 90s possible thing they could have done casting her in this movie. I, I love fucking it. love it. I love I it. I love it. Um, let's see who else have we got. There is a cameo, kind of, from Lee Pace playing Ronan the Accuser. Uh, we have Maria Rambo. Mmm. Played by Lashana Lynch, my girlfriend, Lashana Lynch. Right? I have the biggest crush on Lashana Lynch. It's not even okay. I'm so sorry. To please, I hope she's never listening to this because she's so pretty and I she's love her. Go- she is gorgeous. Uh, she killed this role as Carol's best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I damn near teared up at one part, which I do want to talk about later. Oh, we're going to talk. I bet um, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, huh, Rambo, that name. It's so familiar, Stephanie. Uh, where else have we heard it? Huh. Maybe WandaVision? <laughs> maybe her daughter, Monica. <gasps> what? I know. I love We will it. talk about her again when we get to WandaVision. I can't thing wait. Lashana Lynch, bless her, British as fuck. Oh, yeah. Pulling off the American accent very well. I love it. Um, did you see No Time to Die? Yes, I, I just did actually a couple of oh weeks ago. Oh my God. She was supposed to be, God damn it, she's the new 007. Why do we not have more movies with her as 007 now? I mean, you know why. Yeah, I know why. Racism and sexism, that's why. Mm-hmm. But God, she was amazing. I 100% believed her as a 007. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I want it to happen, but unlikely. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's Lashana Lynch. She's goddamn amazing in this uh, in this role. I love it. I do want to <laughs> quick call out to to three more three more characters, real quick. Uh, old lady on train. <laughs> that's the character's name. Is old lady on train, and that's this is one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie. So hats off to Marilyn Brett. <laughs> Who gave us the performance as Old Lady on Train. (laughs) 
she does she does a lot of like character actors as as older women. She does great. Um, also, Soren, who is Talos's wife. Oh yeah. Played by an actress by the name of Sharon Blinn. Here's what's awesome about Sharon Blinn. She's bald. Oh, wow. Because she survived ovarian cancer back in 2000. Oh, shit. And and after that, because, you know, she lost all of her hair and everything mm-hmm. from chemotherapy, it started to grow back in. But she kept it shaved because she started an organization called Bald is Beautiful to help support uh, chemotherapy and cancer patients and raise awareness. And she is a relentless activist for cancer research and awareness. I did not so, know she started it because I gave mm-hmm. money to them every year. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. So that is uh, Sharon Blinn playing Soren, Taylor's wife. Wow. I know. Love her. Always got to call that kind of shit out. Uh, and last and absolutely not least, Goose. Yay! <laughs> Goose the cat. Goose as in Top Gun. Goose. Of course. Uh, Goose the main cat. There are four cats playing Goose. <laughs> In addition to the CG cat of Goose. Absolutely. Which is probably the only cooperative version of the cat. Yes. That's why they need four. Because you need to use whoever feels like working that day. God damn it. Yeah. Fucking cats. Fucking uh, the cats, main, man. The main cat playing Goose is a cat by the name of Reggie. But Reggie had three stunt doubles named Gonzo, Rizzo, and Archie. <laughs> <laughs> stunt doubles (laughs) and i think you also need multiple cats because there's like laws and stuff about how long an animal is allowed to work on a set in a day and stuff like that oh yeah yeah you got to swap them out uh so yeah that is the cast list that i felt like talking about this cast is so fucking good yeah it's so fucking good it's just oh oh no notes 10 stars i love it (sighs) all right so I know I was the one who was like, we're going to change everything. Uh, what do we want to do next? Do you want to do like you favorite do, What You want to talk about your favorite moments? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you have? A, I've been talking for 900 hours. Do you have a favorite moment? Uh, I mean, my favorite moment. So, you know, the 90s references are funny and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But honestly, my favorite moment is, you know, closer to the end of the movie when Carol meets her best friend again because she doesn't oh. have her memories. Right. And like uh, Maria and Carol finally have some alone time and they have that like heartbreaking uh, conversation oh. where uh-huh. Maria's like, Oh, what's hard is losing my best friend in a mission so secret they act like it never even happened. Hard is knowing you were out there somewhere too damn stubborn to die. Damn. Damn. And like, uh, and you really, you feel it. You feel like, because it's been six years. Six yeah. years since since nobody even acknowledged Carol's death because they can't even talk about how she died. Like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Brutal. Um, I love it. Uh, my other, uh, I have two other favorite things. Uh, one is, I need I need Fury, Goose, and Talos to do a buddy cop movie. <laughs> like, I need that to happen. Look, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Everything to do with Goose and how Goose relates to to is it Talos or Talos? Talos. Now you got me questioning myself. Is I don't it Talos? know. Uh, we'll say Talos. Yeah. Shit, because Sorry. I thought it was Talos in the movie, but now I don't remember. Fuck! Oh my god! I'm questioning my entire reality. Anyway, everything about their interactions is fucking brilliant, and I love it. Everything. Uh, the comedic just, timing is perfect. 
so good. You know, you really shouldn't have that thing on your lap. Our little alliance with you is tenuous at best. And as long as he continues to freak you out like that, yeah, I'm gonna keep giving him all the loves and hugs that he needs, right? So good. Yeah, and and my and my favorite part is, of course, the part where you know Carol is in the Matrix at the end, and she's talking to the the, the supreme intelligence, and she finally mm. she finally figures out that like that thing on the back of her neck is fucking her up, and so they do that right. montage. They do that montage because they they show these scenes throughout the movie. That montage where her younger self is like has fallen down, she's gonna get back up, mm-hmm. and that's that's how she finds her true her true cosmic power. Yeah, I fucking right. love that. I love that right. so much. It is an unsubtle, um, but but wonderful metaphor for a woman finally embracing her true power. Right. And it's just God. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be women. Anybody can be inspired by that. It's yeah. fucking inspiring. I love it. I, I, have a, I have the same montage when I have fallen down and I get back up and I put my wig back on. I get knocked down. <laughs> Did I get up again? No. No, you don't. Never going to keep me down. No, no. We're not doing this right now. I fucking hate the bare naked ladies. I can't do it. <laughs> it's not the bare naked ladies. It's it's Chumbawamba. Oh, that's even worse. Take it back to the nineties, bitch. <laughs> I've I've done acid and weed uh, since then, so I've forgotten. I've done acid. I've done weed. It was the nineties. It was the nineties. No, no, honey. The nineties wasn't acid. It was shrooms. <laughs> I, maybe I'm just thinking. Maybe I'm thinking of the early two thousandsies. Um, yeah, because I, I, I didn't have mushrooms till I met you. That's because that was, <laughs> that was my drug of choice for a long time. <laughs> Love it. Okay, now you all okay. know too much about us. All right. Yeah, well, hi. Uh, so uh, here's, a, here's a, a scene that I'm interested to hear your perspective on because it hit me. Uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so uh, the opening scene. Where she like can't sleep, so she goes and and kicks Jude Law out of bed and's like, "Let's go fight." And right? I I was her in that moment, right? For the record, so uh, so they're sparring. And did you notice the dynamic between them in this? Well, he has kind of like a a, a te- there's like a teacher student dynamic, right? So he's he's being very teachy, yeah. Um, and every time, because like she's holding her own, they are equally matched when they're sparring physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the second her fist starts to glow, he's like, ah, 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 ah. Controller. Who's control again? And you'll have to commune with the supreme intelligence. This hit me on a couple of levels. Okay. One, that is always what it's like for women interacting with men. Yeah. Like in the workplace. In anything, if we are evenly matched, uh, if there's a second that it looks like we might have an upper hand in a situation, guys got to shut that down. I that that is my takeaway from that scene too. That's quite frankly my scene, uh, my my takeaway of the entire Cree when it comes to Carol. Right. Yeah. They got to keep her. They've got to keep her locked down. And you know, we find out over the movie that there's a meta reason, like there's a plot reason why. Yeah. Um, but the meta story here is definitely of a patriarchal society trying to control a woman who's too powerful for them. And but I train. I've trained in martial arts for several years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this thing specifically, the while sparring dynamic, is absolutely something that any femme presenting person has has dealt with 
in martial arts circles. You'll find guys who are always all too happy to lecture and to overteach and to talk more than they actually exchange blows until you show a little bit too much skill or a little bit too much strength and ability. And then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, now I have to correct you. Now mm-hmm. you need to be corrected. Now we need to get like a Sifu over here, somebody to to correct you because you have threatened my masculinity in this moment. It happens all the time. So I have to wonder who on the writing team for this has ever had any kind of martial arts training, because this was absolutely a dynamic that I've encountered so many times I can't even count. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, I, I, I could see that, though. Like, I never... <laughs> I, I, I hope you know, that I've was never, sincere. <laughs> well, no, it was very sincere. I've never, okay. I've never had that experience in because I've never done martial arts, but I've had that experience in swimming because, okay. yeah, because there's this like there was this notion that like the men are always going to have faster times than the women, but the fact is there was a woman on my team that was beating everybody. Nice and like it pissed me off because I was like she's always four seconds faster than me in my fucking race. <laughs> But like that, she. But like the coach was like, "Hmm, I wonder if she's doing steroids or something like that." I remember, like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I, she had she had the arms. Mm-hmm. She definitely had above. I mean, she looked like China from WWE. Nice. But but like like not that big. But like she was she was muscular. But no, she was mm-hmm. just naturally that way. They tested her. And, oh my god! Did yeah. they test everybody else on the team, or just her because she was better than the boys? Just her. There you go. Yeah. There you so go. that that's kind of that's kind of my I can relate to that because that's mm-hmm. literally what happened, and she won state, yeah. bitches. There you fucking go. So it's just that that really set the tone for like how the Cree interact with her, yeah, and how how they're constantly trying to keep her oppressed, and how she's complicit in her her oppression at that stage. Well, she doesn't know who she is. Right. She doesn't know her own power. Yeah. She doesn't know how strong she is. They know exactly how strong she could potentially be. Mm-hmm. That's why they've got a leash on her. Yep. Yep. So. But I, th- I think in the Cree, in the Crees, uh, it's not a, a, a gender presentation thing. It's a race thing uh, or right. a special thing because she's human. Mm-hmm. And that was the only part that confused me is like when she was bleeding, why was she bleeding green? Well, it's because they were blood transfusing her with Cree blood, which right. apparently that's mm-hmm. a-okay. The human body can survive off that. I suppose. I'm, I'm, I put, sure. I'm putting that in that, that because it sounds like it, I'm putting, I'm putting that as a Dean on the Stark tech bullshit counter. <laughs> <laughs> Stark wasn't even involved. He's not, he's like a child. I know, but, point. but I'm, it, it's still, it sounds so absurd that I'm like, okay. Did, did Stark okay. come up with that? Is that how they figured it out? <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, I could definitely see that. Uh, Steph, that's an interesting mm-hmm. perspective, but that's kind of the theme of the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very much like this is not subtle no. as far as as them, and it doesn't need to be. You can go ahead and smack viewers in the face with the metaphor of a woman finally discovering her power and using it to to liberate herself uh, with uh, fighting against the patriarchy and stuff like that. That's fine. That yeah. is totally fine. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorite things in this movie was the friendships and how this whole fucking movie. Is about friendships and family. Yeah, yeah. There is no romance plot. No. This, the very first MCU film led by a female character, has no romance plot. I love that. Even though they could have easily gone that way. Oh, yogurt is right there. I, I, I would bang yogurt. I would bang Fury. Uh, I'd bang Maria. 
Yeah, uh, Taylor Talos, whatever your name is, I, bring I, it on over. I, bang him, like, invite them all over. I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. I'm here. Let's Let- all put our keys in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> See how things go. Somebody get that. Somebody get that spaceship from the uh, Grandmaster's uh, planet. <laughs> it's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, but but yeah, I I I agree that that is another uh, the night the chemistry between all these different characters in this movie mm. is fucking brilliant. Do you remember how we said in Captain America like? You know, it's such an early MCU movie, and it didn't feel like at that point that Marvel was willing to go balls to the wall yet. Mm-hmm. This movie, they're they've already gone balls to the wall. They're comfortable. They've done Ragnarok. Yeah. They've done Infinity War. They're really comfortable now doing different shit. And mm-hmm. we're so it's kind of like this weird whiplash effect where we come from Captain America, Peggy. Now this, this is right. like. This is Marvel at its full power, or at least we, so, we thought. It's so goddamn loud and technicolor yeah. and, and funny and irreverent. And, and, and unashamed. But super, super high stakes. Yes. And just, I fucking love it. Um, my favorite, like, I love I love Maria and Carol. I love the them rediscovering Absolutely. their friendship. Fucking love it. My favorite friendship in this movie is Carol and Nick. I see that. Veers and Fury. I they they just clicked and the 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 actors had such good chemistry together because they've worked in films together before right. this is like their third time leading a movie together i can't remember what other movies they were in i forgot to write it down i'm sorry you guys but yeah samuel L. jackson and lee and brie larson have worked together before so they're just so comfortable with each other and they have such good banter like my favorite the thing that really locked in their relationship with me for me was when they pull up to the pegasus facility <laughs> And and he's he has to introduce himself to the security thingamabob at the gate, and he's like Nicholas Joseph Fury, agents of agent of Shield, and he holds up his ID. Nicholas Joseph Fury, you have three names. Everybody calls me Fury. Not Nicholas. Not Joseph. Not Nick. Just Fury. What does your mom call you? Fury. What do you call her? Fury. What about your kids? If I have them, they'll call me Fury. <laughs> that was such such a goddamn just classic just quick back and forth they were so great i love their dynamic um and i love that this is really like projecting forward into what we're going to see nick fury doing later mm-hmm. this is the last time he's a happy person i agree uh, <laughs> uh his love and respect for her like nobody measures up to her no, absolutely not. I think that's something we're going to see play out over the rest of the MCU. Is nobody measures up to well, her? Well, she's in his the mind. one. She's the one that exposed him to how the universe really is. Right. She didn't. Exactly. Be- he didn't. When when he met her, he didn't fucking believe her to be a space alien person. Come right. From the stars. He thought she was out of her goddamn mind. And then all of a sudden, laser fire and shit's falling everywhere, and she can fly. Or she can't fly yet, but she can shoot shit out of her fists. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this shit's real. And yeah, by the end of the movie. When he has one eye left, <laughs> he, his, you can see his demeanor by that point is already different. Like he's much, he's, co- he's already much more like taciturn, much more, yeah, much more brusque. cold. Yeah. 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 He's already like keeping secrets and shit. Yeah. Cause he's a spy. Cause we find out this is, this is the movie where we find out like his, his history. Mm-hmm. Like he, he joined the army right out of high school, made it all the way up to full bird colonel, uh, and then left the military and became a spy during the cold war. He's supposed to be 45 years old in this movie. Yeah. So, wow. Good for him. A very Again, similar, beautifully. Uh, by the way, a very similar background to agent Carter. 
True story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's just, and, and he's been a spy ever since. And so spy shit is what he does. But now he's a spy who has found out that there are interstellar threats, yep. not just, just international. And so fuck. Yeah. He's starting to feel the weight of that. And also like their superhero left. So maybe we need to go get some more. And that's why at the end of it, we see him starting up the Avengers initiative like you do. Um, but yeah, I fucking love their friendship. And I love that she sets like the gold standard for him for how superheroes should be. And almost nobody meets it ever. Ever. Maybe Cap a little. Cap, Captain's probably the closest to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of this fucking hero uh, that is Captain Marvel, that is Veers or Carol, whatever we're calling her today, because she has, doesn't actually get called Captain Marvel at any point in this movie. Not that never comes not, uh, they they do the origin and how she comes up with that name, which is where, uh, uh, you know, he, uh, her and her and Nick Fury were in the kitchen. Well, but but no, Lawson's name was Marvel. That's what she was yeah. talking about. Yeah, uh, th- he does call he does say Marvel, and that might be where she gets the idea. Yeah, but she's not referred to as Captain Marvel until we see the title card at the end saying that she'll be showing up in Endgame. Right, right, um, but. There's a lot of people that talk shit about Carol Danvers, uh, like she's not a real hero, right? Ugh. Like, like she's she's too obnoxious or whatever. She she's just not like maybe she's not a fucking qualified hero. And they will specifically reference the getting back up montage. Yeah. And look, for my money, uh, because they're like she just kept falling down. All she ever did was fall down. Bitch, she got back up. She falls down ten times. She gets up eleven. Yep. And she fights. For my money, yeah. And for my money, that's the hero. The hero is a person who keeps getting back up. Well, these are the, I mean, these are people that are insecure with life, and when they get knocked back down, they don't get back up. They don't get back up again. Yeah. There is no tub thumping for them. <laughs> <laughs> So that that montage where she gets back up, like, I mean, that's not you don't have to just be a fire fisted superhero to find that inspiring. I have a chronic illness and it kicks my ass on a regular basis, but I get back up again every time. And so I find that moment so fucking inspiring. Anybody can get can find it inspiring to get knocked down, to get told that you're not good enough, to get told that you're not strong enough over and over again. And you just keep getting back up because fuck you. I can do this. That's where I don't understand these nerds because you know who has that, you know, we already talked about them. You know, those very similar qualities as Captain America. Captain fucking America. And these fucking, these fucking assholes love him. Yeah, I don't know what the difference between these two characters could possibly be. Huh, I wonder what it is. Hmm. But she wasn't a superhero when she, when in that montage, she was a superhero. No, she was just a girl. She was just a girl. Just a girl. Kind of like the song (laughs) that plays over my favorite scene. (laughs) That that fight scene at the end where she's, she's just beating, she's just having fun. Girls just She's have just fun. toying with them. Yeah. She finally realizes her full power. She breaks free of the containment and she's kicking the shit out of her former Cree squad. Set to Just a Girl by No Doubt. Oh, oh. Just a girl in the world. Take this pink ribbon off my eyes. <laughs> like, oh. Anyway, my flurkin's at the door. Give me just a second. Speaking of flurkins, we love flurkins. Hopefully, Steph will not get consumed by 
Oh. Right, stay. Nope. Don't hurt me. For the Patreon people's look, the flurkin. The flurkin. And the flurkin. Steph is going to lose her eye. <laughs> I'm going to die. You're going to die. I love you. Go over there. He's a pretty girl. She's so pretty. Don't eat me. I'm under no illusions that if we all drop dead in this house, Boomer would be the first one to start eating our corpses. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You. <laughs> absolutely. If, if, if I ever get a missing person's complaint uh, about you and your family, I'm like, check the cat. <laughs> Ask the cat. Ask the damn cat. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, she was only human during that whole montage where she got back up again, over and over again. And then she's just this first like full powered fight scene set to just a girl was so goddamn good and when her final boss fight is against jude law yogurt <laughs> such a such a, a delightfully unsubtle metaphor for uh smashing the patriarchy and i am here for it especially at the end right when she has physically punched his ship out of the sky and she has her ding on the superhero landing counter. Absolutely. And he's like, all right, we're going to fight this out. Turn off the light show and prove, prove to me you can beat me without. She just fucking shoots him. Yeah, because and she's like, I have nothing to prove to you. Boom. I'm just going to whip your ass and then send your ass back home. <laughs> exactly. And y'all, that is how. You smash the patriarchy because 100% their power over us depends on on us feeling beholden to them yep. in some way. On us feeling like we need to prove any goddamn thing to them. If you can remain unbothered and not need to prove a damn thing to them, the patriarchy starts to lose its power over you. We need to Captain Marvel the shit out of this. I agree. That's what it is. And just, oh, I love it. I love it. And again, this is why... <laughs> This is why, that moment is why uh, I lost a lot of uh, male acquaintances in the wake of this movie being released, because I had so many guys who I knew like through gaming and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, who had been presenting to me as feminist and supporting of women and all of those things. But then they saw this scene and they're like, uh, she's overpowered. No, she's, she's way OP. No, she's super, she's overpowered. No, that's not, she's too strong. She's too fucking strong. We can't, mm-mm, can't have that. Nope. Nope. I'm like, Oh, you're a performative feminist. Got it. Ouch. Okay. Really? The she's fuck over- out of my life. She's not over- oh yeah. She's not overpowered. It's well, it's she did Marvel. go up. She went up into space and fist fought some Cree accuser ships and took out all of their uh all of their their torpedoes or whatever and um but she did it with restraint. I think if that had been a male hero with that power, they would have just destroyed all the ships. Oh, yeah. She took out one ship and then flexed in front of the windshield of the other two and made them run away, which I think was merciful of her. Um but and and, and for the record, Ronan was like the only Cree to show her any kind of respect. In, yeah, in his because, really weird, fucked up way. Yeah, because now he wants her, like, as a yeah, weapon. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. I, I love that part at the end. We're like, you know, we'll come back for the weapon. You mean the, the core? No, her. No, the woman. The woman. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah. And, yeah, no, that that is the biggest complaint I've heard from any guys about this uh, about this movie is that she's overpowered. She's she's way OP. And and how that translates into an endgame when she comes back and she's super OP. That's why they use her sparingly. That's why she only shows up at the end. 
she's a goddamn deus ex machina. Yeah. And they know that. Yeah. And they know that. And so, but also, also, when we get into Endgame, we'll talk in more detail about it. But also they complain that she's too overpowered. But then if she's so powerful, why does she need the girl squad to form up behind her in Endgame to help her get the thing to the thing? Because there's like, too many fucking enemies on the, on the fucking battlefield. Which, which is it? Is she too powerful or is she not powerful enough, God guys? Damn, I, don't I hate people. Just... Just admit that you're threatened by her, and then you will exorcise that threat from your being and be able to just appreciate the fact that this magnificent creature exists. I love Carol Danvers. Love. Um, so important plot point that we should make note of. This is the first chronological appearance of the Tesseract. The fucking Tesseract. Well, the second. Because don't we see it? We see it in Captain America. Oh, that's right. No, yep. you're right. Yep. yep. So that begs the question then, how the fuck, where the fuck, how did Marvell Lawson get her hands on it? Did she find it? Maybe. Didn't, hold on, I'm trying to remember. Okay, back at the end of Captain America, didn't Howard Stark find it? Howard Stark found it and they had it in the, sh- they had it in the shield facility. SSR at that time. Oh, SSR. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then. But then Marvell gets a hold of it. Maybe she got a hold of it through government connections because she was working for the yeah, Air Force she, at the time. Hey, I'm I'm doing a light a you know a hyperspace drive. I don't I remember uh, I remember I forgot what they call it FTL drive, and right. I need some crazy ass power source to be able to do it. And they're like, hey, we have this weird cube thing. It emits power. We're afraid to, right. we're afraid to use it. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll. She's like. I'm creating these experimental planes, um, and since you won't let women fly in combat, Air Force, uh, I will need your women pilots to come and test my crazy-ass planes, and that's where we got Monica Rambeau exactly. and Carol Danvers, both fucking badasses. Um, so yeah, that may that may be how she got it. I think we have to headcanon that. Somebody might know for sure. Well, we could still easily get the, get the answer to that soon enough. The stuff that Marvel's doing with the multiverse and jumping true, around with time, true. like we mm-hmm. we have, there is a, po- a strong possibility we'll get a backstory. That's right. Okay, so yeah, I, how did I think this was the first one? Like Captain America happened. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> so the Tesseract is back. The Tesseract is such a bitch, and it won't and, go but away. But this is this is the first time that we have seen a a person infused with the power of an Infinity Stone. Correct. And survive and not get teleported to like another dimension. Correct. Or something. So yeah, that's where her powers are coming from. It's from the space stone. That's why she's the boss of space. That's why she's the boss of space. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is a comics thing, but okay. Um, so I'm trying to look, let's see, do I have any other favorites I need to address? Um, everything goose. Everything related to Goose, the gooseness of everything. Goose is uh, Goose is the best. He's a tentacle His... monster beast. Um, uh, shout out to favorite. Talos being fucking dead, deathly afraid of it. Correctly, correctly. Terrified. Um, I yes. love I love the scanner. The part where uh, the the Cree are scanning for threats of each individual person. They they scan <laughs> they scan Goose yeah. and, and the machines like species lurking threat high. And they scan Fury and species, human male, threat, low to none. Fury's like, what the fuck? You know. He's like, that thing's broken. (laughs) This can't be right. Um, I do. That's all my favorites. I do have a couple of dings that I missed. Okay. Um, We do have a ding on the Peggy Carter impromptu weaponry counter. Which time? 
when Veers is beating the shit out of all the scroll on the ship, uh-huh. she's got those fucking metal mittens on her hands because, and she can't get them off. So she just decides to use those to bludgeon everybody. Might as well. Might as well. Yeah. So ding on the impromptu weaponry counter. Good for her. Love it. And that is going to remain honorarily the Peggy Carter impromptu weaponry counter because she, she was, started it. She started, yeah, chronologically she did it first. Uh, and then we have a ding on the surprise, I stopped your punch counter. Ah, uh, yes. When Fury was fighting um, Scroll Keller. Yeah. It was Talos described as, dis- described, disguised as his boss in the records room at the Pegasus facility. Fury goes to punch him and he has every reasonable expectation that this skinny little white guy is going to go down like a castle made of cards. And he stops it and just looks at him and goes, aw. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I mean, do it again, but stop it. Right. So cute. Uh, so those are our dings. Um... I think that's that's all. That's all. Do you have any other favorites that you want to hit? Any high points? Uh, God, we've already talked about my favorite high points. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I. Uh... Um, oh, I do. There was one moment again. Fucking Maria Rambo. Mm. Uh, she delivers to us the mission statement, like the reason, the resume, the qualifications of Carol Danvers to be a superhero Aww. in the Marvel universe. Uh, because they just listened to the recording, right? Where. Uh, Veers hears her own voice on this black box from the crash. And this is incontrovertible proof that things happened that she does not remember. Right. And so she's, she's having a moment. She's like, she's just stalking around out in the middle of this field in Louisiana. And she's like, I don't know who I am and stuff. She's, she and Talos are going back and forth about this. I don't even know who I am. Oh, because Talos is trying to convince her, look, you're not one of them. You are not a Cree. You're not terrible. Yeah, you're not looked, one of them. Cause he, they have hooked her up to that me- crazy memory machine. Right. He knows he damn well saw that she's a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, he's trying to tell her and she's like, you don't know who I am. I don't even know who I am. And Maria's like, I know who you are. You are Carol Danvers. You are the woman on that black box risking her life to do the right thing. You're my best friend who supported me as a mother and a pilot when no one else did. You are smart and funny and a huge pain in the ass. And you are the most powerful, (laughs) you are the most powerful, powerful person I knew even before you could shoot fire from your fists. And like, oh, that is what your best friend is for. Oh, really? And so they hug it out. No, I support your ass all the time. Shut up. <laughs> I remind you of your power every day. You do. You do. And you do that for me too, bitch. We keep each other powerful in this fucking world, in this fucking fandom. That's fucking true. Ain't it, ain't it the <laughs> oh truth? Ain't God. that the truth? All right. Ain't that shit the truth? Okay, okay. I think that's all my favorites that I really need to hit. The movie's so goddamn good, you guys. Yeah, yeah. If, if we were to go scene by scene, like, it seriously would take us six hours to do. Quick shout out to Maria Rambo's T-Boz haircut. Yes. Amen. amen <laughs> straight, to up, straight up TLC realness. I love, I love it. it. It looks so it. good on her. Uh, and it. Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls was another song. It in was the movie. playing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Do you have trivia? I have trivia. Did you know? Do we have anything for the did you know section? Uh, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. So thanks, okay. for, thanks for the heads up. I do. Can we talk <laughs> about the post credit scenes? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the post-credits um, scenes, and then we'll get to the trivia. Because one of them is my favorite thing of all time. Um, oh? Yeah, the the very last one with Goose. Where he, where he how works many, up the Tesseract. How many fucking times have we, like, sat down, we were like, you know, for me, I was, like, reading or working on my laptop. I would look over and see the goddamn cat. 
<laughs> jumping up on some really important piece of furniture, and they, <laughs> and they look right at you, and then they start coughing something up. And you're like, no, please, please don't fucking do that. And then and then they suddenly stop, and you're like, okay, they're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden, and then, yep. <laughs> I, I have in it. my notes. I have in my notes disturbingly accurate cat vomit animation. Because <laughs> he hops up on Fury's desk and horks up the tesseract. Because yeah, he ate that. Because he ate it. Yeah. Because yeah. what else he can do is a flirkin. Um, yeah. So I that helpful guy. That is another favorite mode of mine. Um, when we saw the mid credit scene where we go back to right after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And uh, my partner was so confused by that. He's like, "Wait, what's happening? Why are they looking at all these numbers going up?" And I was like, "Oh, those are oh, the those are the bodies." My sweet summer child, has he not seen? No, he has. He just hasn't. He just he just forgot. No, that's that's counting all the people that disappeared. Yeah, yeah that's counting yeah. all the missing after the snap. Yeah, yeah. And he, 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 the look on his face was like sheer horror. I'm like, this movie came out between mm-hmm. Infinity War and Endgame, which was like, which was a little weird at first. Yeah, uh, it was weird, but. When they when I saw Endgame, it made sense. They had to they had to take a moment to explain who Carol was. Um, yeah, they had to establish well because she had actually they she filmed all of her scenes in Endgame before filming this movie. That's awesome. So if she strikes you as a little a little wooden, a little different in Endgame. That's why she didn't have the character yet. I love that. Not a hundred percent. So fun fact: Did you know about that post credit scene? Uh, where she shows up and she's talking to, you know, Natasha and demanding to know where Fury is. Um, she's actually not filming that with them. Yeah, it's a blue, it's a green screen. It's a, she was added in digitally later. In fact, uh, this scene was so secretive, so very secretive, uh, that she had no idea who the other characters in the scene were. She was given a script. Brie Larson was given a script that was heavily redacted. All she had was some light stage directions and her own line. They, she filmed it entirely in front of a green screen. They do yeah. that a lot to these poor actors. Like they, mm-hmm. I, I was reading that for Endgame, they filmed like seven different endings or something like that. Yeah, and nobody, nobody knew who at the end was going to die except I think, um, what's his name who plays Tony Stark? Um, knew and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and that was yeah. it because that was part of a contract thing. Right. Well, and that's because by the time they were filming Endgame, they had learned that some of their actors can't be trusted. Not to spoil shit. Well, uh, fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was entirely filmed in secret. That's, so there was that's that. That's awesome. Um, so I have some other stuff for Did You Know? Okay. Did You Know? Uh, when she's in the blockbuster and she takes a shot at the the standy cutout of True Lies. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> she blows the head off of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was initially supposed to be a standy for The Mask. <gasps> because she would see the green face and mistake it for a scroll, but they couldn't get the rights to it, so they had to use True Lies. Aww. That would have been perfect, though. Even right? Though, even though the mask came out two years prior. But whatever. Anyway, um, it would still be a standee at fucking Blockbuster. Blockbuster was not exactly like... Yeah, they didn't really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, right. You're right. No, that shit was dusty. Speaking of Blockbuster, do you remember... Do you remember... Uh, every time we talk about Blockbuster, I get the song in my head. Like where they like Blockbuster had mascots that were like little kids, and they had a little song about them, like Blockbuster Video. Oh my god, like, no, I don't remember, but now I do. Is the I hate man. you. He's as great as he can be, and Stopper is a friend to you and me. I hate you. <laughs> and there is Slow Mo and his dog paws. Yeah, I they hate were all you. like named after the buttons on the VCR. Oh yeah, that's a real thing. I hate you. 
<laughs> Good luck at your concert tonight trying to not hear that song over everything. Oh, I will try. I will try. <laughs> anyway, did you know uh, during the alien autopsy scene <laughs> where they, they lift the sheet and check out the scroll's dick? Yes. That was improvised by Samuel L. Jackson. And Ben Mendelsohn <laughs> just went with it. Yeah. That was the only take of that. He just did that and Ben Mendelsohn went along with it and they moved on. Yeah. Yeah. I love Samuel Jackson so much. I love them. Um, Brie Larson, fun fact, is allergic to cats. Oh. So all of her scenes where she's up close with Goose are either CG or a puppet. I love that. Mm hmm. Uh, did you know in the old lady fight scene on the train, uh, Brie Larson's stunt double in that fight scene is a stunt performer by the name of Renee Moneymaker. It's a great name. That is a great name. The old lady's stunt double is a stunt performer by the name of Heidi Moneymaker. They are sisters. That's amazing. <laughs> so these two sisters are kicking the shit out of each other on the train. I was about to say, the they're train. getting paid to kick <laughs> the shit out of each other on the train. Uh, amazing, right? Um, and I have one last one, and I think this is fucking awesome. Okay. So the bar that she goes to. Yeah. Um, Poncho's Bar. Uh, where she gets, like, all the memories and stuff of, like, singing karaoke and playing Street Fighter and playing pool and everything with her best friend. And then Fury shows up. That bar. Poncho's Bar. That is a reference to a real place that was a bar slash dude ranch slash hotel called, and I'm not kidding, Poncho's Happy Bottom Riding Club. I want to go there. <laughs> I want to ride it, some happy bottoms. It was outside um it was based outside of Edwards Air Force Base in the Mojave Desert in the nineteen forties. I think I've seen pictures of this place. You may have. It was fairly famous. Yeah. Uh it was owned and operated by Poncho Barnes, a female aviator and Hollywood stunt pilot who broke Amelia Earhart's fly speed record. That's awesome. That's so a that's hell of a this, reference. Right? And I think it's so fucking perfect. I just love it. And I love that it ties back to the 40s and everything because I'm still half in Agent Carter land. So <laughs> so anyway, um, I mean, I guess we kind of liked this movie. I love, I love this movie. I absolutely love it. I fucking love it. Everybody, everybody should watch this movie. And if you find yourself in any way threatened by this movie, please examine why. Because she is every bit as confident and ambitious and driven as Tony Stark. Every bit as heroic and powerful as Captain America. And if those things, those qualities don't bother you in the men, but they bother you when they're in this woman, maybe think about why. And if you think she's too powerful, y'all are not paying attention to what the MCU is doing right now. The power level in the MCU is literally astronomical. Yeah, I mean... Uh, she's the level up. Yeah, she's the level up. Like, if you haven't seen Eternals yet, uh, let me tell... Oh, God. Let me tell you, like, <laughs> Carol is not the is not the most powerful person on the chessboard. She is not. No. She, she's actually... The fact that she showed up, instead of being threatening to anyone... Uh, should have been should have made us all terrified for where the MCU is going to go because yeah. it's all about escalation, right? Absolutely. If that's the hero we're getting, what the fuck is the villain going to be? Yep. Well, it turns out one of them is going to be the guy that can literally snap his fingers and kill half of everything in the galaxy. So, I'm saying like it's all escalation. It, it's matching power levels yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, if a hero that powerful shows up, that means we're going to get an equally powerful villain. 
It should be ominous, more, not threatening to you personally. Yeah, or more than one. So I fucking love this movie. I just, I love that, that it addressed such heavy themes as like smashing the patriarchy and reclaiming your own power and all of that shit while also being the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. I, I agree. I, I agree. agree. This movie is funny as shit. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and I really enjoy seeing Young Fury. And it's going to be interesting now watching it because, you know, when we watched this, we'd already seen Fury in a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. We've already. I mean, oh, yeah. this is like. We like, know Nick Fury. Yeah. Like you said, it's like the 22nd film. So. 21st. 21st, 21st MCU film. So we, we know Nick Fury. We think we know F- Nick Fury pretty well. So watching this at the time when it came out was a little jarring because like, wait, he smiles. Right. He's Hold he's on. making he's making really funny jokes and he's very bubbly. What's going on? And and he doesn't a hundred percent know everything all of the time. Yeah, the f- what the fuck is that? The flurkin so destroyed now, his soul. Yeah, we now we get to watch the evolution of Nick Fury, and we get to watch this guy who is so charming and so fun, and will sing Marvelette songs to you over a sink full of dirty dishes. Absolutely. Okay, we get to see dun, this dun, dun, evolve. Dun, dun, dun. that's what it is that's not the song he was singing but i appreciate you singing for me i know i know that's the song that went in my head when you said that um anyway i uh, you know 10 out of 10 five stars i recommend the shit out of this movie to anybody uh yeah i I, I, i'm i i agree with the 10 out of 10 we're not don't trust us y'all we're not going to give every mcu movie that that rating nope Nope. nope nope No. Uh, but this one for sure. I love this movie. Would recommend mm-hmm. hardcore. Absolutely. It's so good. And look at that bitch under two hours. Yeah. We're done here. Holy shit. Stephanie, yeah. we, speaking of which, what are we talking about next? Oh, uh, <laughs> let me tell to you a thing. Okay. So that was 1995, right? Right. That was the story of Captain Marvel. We will jump ahead. What? Tw- hold on. I'm doing math. 15 years. <laughs> to 2008. 2010. Oh, 2010. Oh, okay. Iron Man was released in 2008, but is set in 2010. So yeah, we're talking about Iron Man. We're talking about the movie that started all of this shit. We, uh, what a fucking, uh, what a, what a whiplash effect. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, we've already talked a little bit about Iron Man. Cause remember we, I didn't think Stephanie, I was going to like Iron Man. I was expecting it to be a giant piece of shit. Cause uh-huh. that's what we were like programmed to believe every time we were going right. to go see a superhero movie and it it started off it started this whole thing off so mm-hmm. this is this is the movie that opened the door that greenlit the entire mcu and i cannot wait to talk about i'm it. i'm i'm so excited about it it's gonna be so goddamn good so yeah that's what we're talking about next time yeah. iron man the original iron fucking man. crazy bah, 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 bah. oh my god <laughs> okay do we have anything else did we leave anything anything we did it we did it we did it i think we covered all of the major points go go watch the movie if you haven't watched the movie go watch the movie enjoy it with us laugh cry it's better than cats i love it (laughs) well that's a low bar um (laughs) (laughs) memories not all of the mcu movies are going to be better than cats uh well have you seen the cats movie oh the cats movie yeah no i i have only seen broadway (laughs) Oh, Sorry. okay. Well, I mean, you better check your. Well, I'll challenge you. <laughs> how about I, I? How about I get you to see that movie, and then we'll we'll revisit that statement when we get to look. I, my friend, 
uh, whom I adore, who has been my one of my best friends through thick and thin for the better part of 20 some odd years now. I love you and I will do and I will bleed for you. I would donate a kidney for you. I will not watch the Cats movie for you. Wow. It's not going to happen. Wow. No. So we're Gilmore, gone we're Gilmore Girls in the uh, Cats movie, is what you're saying. I would watch Gilmore Girls before I would watch Cats. You know what? Uh, that is a wise choice, not just because I like uh, Gilmore Girls a lot, but that movie is so fucking... <laughs> if, you, if, if, you, if you have nothing else to watch but Cats... I would rather stare at the wall. That's an Idris Elba movie I don't want to see. Yeah. I refuse to believe he was in it. I refuse to believe that that, that Dame Judy Dench was in it. I, ref- I, I I'm, okay. I'm in I'm in denial. It's so bad. Okay, denial. okay, okay. Anyway, okay. we're not talking. This is not this is not Cat Stevens. Okay, that will um, never so happen. That is it for today. We've already talked about what we're going to talk about next time. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. Huh? Let's do the outro. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, let us know what you think of the new format. Uh, I certainly enjoyed it more than trying to cram every single second of the movie into this podcast. Um, it's but, you definitely know, like cramming. Anyway, so um, <laughs> if you want to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. <laughs> uh, we're on all the social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas, except on Facebook where it's at The Marvelous Divas for reasons that I have described multiple times. And by the way, y'all, you can subscribe to our podcast at any podcast platform that Hell has podcasts. Yeah. Uh, please leave a review. If you leave a five-star review on a place that leads, lets you write a review, like Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the air. Uh, we really appreciate, also, if you tell your friends about us. We don't bite. Uh, well, unless you ask us to. Uh, and it also... That can be negotiated. Yeah, I mean, if you're hot, I'm here for it. Um, uh, also, on the Dark Side Divas, under the Dark Side Divas brand, uh, you can go to YouTube.com, search for Dark Side Divas, and find a video version of our are two different podcasts so it's kind of star wars centric lately uh but you can definitely subscribe there watch us share that with your friends and last but certainly not least we have a patreon if you go to patreon.com forward slash divas podcast you can subscribe for five dollars and get uh uh, some extra content like stephanie reading smut video version (laughs) video versions of our different podcasts and access to the most coolest discord instance of all time we're also doing Seriously. we're also doing special events like watch alongs with Obi about mm-hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi, video game nights, and that kind of stuff. Uh, Steph and I will do special uh, hosting sessions with our friends in the, yep. in the Discord channel before we record. Uh, it's a blast. Yeah, it's a good time. It's actually a really great community. So you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash divas podcast. Yep, five bucks a month. So I guess then we're done here. Yeah, we're done. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, Steph, I say we I say we jump right into it. Are you we ready? We can't jump right into it. We need to create fodder for a post credit scene. Uh, I got fodder for you. Okay, is it going to happen later? Mm. Or do you have it right now? Oh, right now? God, I can't perform.
I need to take pills first before, you know, get get kind of warmed up a little bit, you know? Do you or do you not have post-credit scene fodder? We can't, okay, we can't do post-credit scene fodder like that. That's how we've been doing it this whole time. No, it's not. We've we've. What do you think? What do you think I'm talking about when I tell you, bitch? We don't have enough fodder. You need to keep talking, dance, monkey, dance, and entertain me so that I have more to work with. Ever since we started, ever since we started Dark Side Divas, you've always been dance, monkey, dance. Yes, but specifically while recording Marvelous Divas, I'm like, okay, I'm mentally reviewing everything we've set up to this point. It's not enough. Chris, keep going. Be entertaining. Go dance, monkey, dance. Did you think that I was just doing that for my funsies? Yeah. Bitch, did you not notice every time that the conversation that we have in the extra dance monkey dance section is what ends up in the post credit scene on the podcast? Stephanie, I do not know how many times I need to say this, so I'm going to say it for the 100th fucking time. I uh, am a dumb bitch. Oh my god. 